0: Uh, Hello, this podcast episode is part two of the interview with Roy Wright, and he talks about um, his time playing under Jack Dyer, what made him such a successful ruckman, um, some of his great opponents, the football grounds he played on, and also how he would like to be remembered. And just a reminder, Roy Wright passed away uh, one year after this interview, and it was, in fact, the last recorded interview that he conducted. So here is part two of my interview with Roy Wright. Who was your football idol? Nobody i never
1: ever see. I was never, I was never interested in... I'd never seen footy matches, and I'd never gone to league footy matches, so I sort of hadn't seen any favourite players at that stage. It was funny. You know, when I went there at 7 of course, I knew. I heard of Jack Guy, so, you know, To me, Jack was going to be terrific. But I had no, no sort of heroes at that stage. I don't know. Well right. was tight as when you went there? Jack? Uh, yeah, he finished forty five. What was your first year? In Forty-six. Oh, right. And he, Bernie Edwards, uh a whole heap of them. Georgie Smeton was still playing. Georgie was still playing. Yeah, Georgie was still playing, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, so uh, That was sort of uh a jumper that was free, obviously, Bernie Edwards. I oh, Bernie went to Tasmania to coach, I think uh, you know, like forty six then. Oh, obviously 42 40 was a, a number that was uh, sorry number two was a number that was loose and they said oh here's your, yeah here's your number
0: two Drop that one
1: now what was the club like
0: when you first came
1: there well you're way, Brett. um
0: <laughs> just successful uh what, what yeah, were, the, pre- what were the, the, <coughs> the preconceptions you have had of the club when you yeah,
1: actually um i think they got i think they won one in the early four years and i think Fitzroy Beat them for one in the early. Yeah, season, the 40 one in, uh, 43, 43 and, and then, then lost them. 40. up in 44. Oh, yeah. So, you know, at that stage, uh, they were reachable. And then, of course, uh, I was in 47, we played in the first semi final against Fitzroy where they delta whopped us. Right.
0: But that's the only final that I played in. And from there on, we were very
1: basically unsuccessful, really. Just never made the four. Right. Until I finished. Jack Kosed up to what year? Jack uh, coached 52, then I think uh, Oppie took a 53, and then Panem took a 54 from Manwick. I
0: had a feeling that Panem
1: replaced Jack, and Jack was always quick on the back. Oh, he was. He was confident. I'm I'm trying to think, because I know Oppie coached one year. I know he coached one year, Max, Oh yeah, but, uh, well it, it was, Elby did replace Jack, and that was a, that's a bit of gore that stuck yeah. in Jack trade all his life because he was bloody Collingwood. Because was so I said, yeah, I wouldn't watch television or come and come in. I, mean, yeah. I didn't like him like that much, but anyway. No, it was anyway. A great rivalry, wasn't it? In oh, oh, in those years, yeah, of course, neighbouring suburbs, you know, on Johnson Street as well, I should say, bridge-rope separated. No. Yeah. But it was always great rivalry. You see, our biggest uh, phase in those years Carlton. Mm. Yeah. was Carlton. Because again, Percy Bentley got shafted for Jack to take the job and so that created the ill will between us. Percy never come back, did he? No, no, no. That he created never the ill will between the two clubs. Yeah, yeah So He never returned Percy, did he? No, nope, no, nope, he, he cut all ties. He was, he was a very hurt man. Actually, he had a petrol station out opposite the Sheriff's Sands. Did he? Yeah, Sydney Road and Brunswick Street yeah. out there and I used to see him quite a lot out there. And he was a all, but he was very, very hurt and disappointed. Yeah. Because he was a great friend of uh, Jack Thomas's, wasn't well, he? They yeah, he was. They were buddies. They were real buddies, those two. Yeah, but it really, it really uh, yeah. sort of affected him for a long time because he
0: just uh, there was a bit of a conspiracy behind yeah. it. Kept, unfortunately, when you
1: first started, did you think that you'd play in the finals and premierships? I think hope. the team was like we hoped, hope. but the team, the team wasn't that strong. 'Cause we had lost so I think Desrow, Alan Cations, Alan Cook, Ray Polder and I all basically started the same year in 46. So it was an influx of a lot of young They played play um, Association Football for Coburg and he was quite a, a great player, center forward for Coburg, he was a great player for them. So there was a huge influx of um people or, or players like myself and those that were young and were not really much right. experienced in it right. so we weren't sort of looking for any great right. uh, any great uh, success of that stage either so we just had a nucleus of uh, polypyrdons and we had maris and uh, uh, we had a nucleus of players with this huge influx of inexperience that's mm-hmm. what really carried the... The old players carried us into the finals in 47. Right. But then they all started to drop out. Because right. New youngies kept coming in. that just didn't have the experience. It's,
0: it's, it's so, so what was the feeling like, you know, around about the 50s when uh, maybe you had that inkling that we're just not the top-tier team, we're not, we're not going to make the finals? Yes, yeah, well, we, we it sort of had... A, a, yeah. It's hard to explain. Yeah. We, we, I
1: think we... All so like Desi, Poulter, and all of us knew our limitations. We knew that there was that one bigger step that had to go, and we, in our own minds, didn't think we had the, enough talent in the side to make that one step up. Yeah, that's, I think that's, well, I'm sure most of us did because we often used to talk about our lack of success. And uh, we say, yeah, but see, so we, uh, the of bat was on the wing and race Stokes had been in the centre and then Johnny Nix came and, but we just didn't have that like the Clays, Barrett and Bat and across right. the centre right. right where which was a real right. bloody attacking right. strong line we might have had one good player there, one on the halfback flank and we just didn't have that that nucleus of, of
0: a were, were the other teams stronger? was there were there certain teams that were oh, yeah, stronger of, yeah. or was it just that you were inexperienced
1: at time Oh titles? no, I think um, we I think we suffered as I say that they hung on to the Tituses and they hung on to them and hung on them. so I think they nearly put Jack out in a wheelchair Titus to get this record number of games, you know. Uh, if they, I believe it, so it was that he was injured but they got him on the ground sort of, you know and then he was off the ground pretty quick. But uh, they, I think they hung on to their old great players like Titus's and Dickie Harris's and all of those they hung on to them the extra two years without thinking we're going to have to replace them we're going to get kids and bring them up through the ranks so that when they go we've got replacements they've got a bit of experience and they just didn't do it. It was lack of planning in a lot of ways really. So how much of a disappointment is it now? The fact that you haven't played in the Huge disappointment to me. Huge disappointment. I think I really, you know, to be a member of a premiership time team is the ultimate. Yeah. That is what football is all about. Mm.
0: That's the ultimate to me, that's Mount Everest. So was there a time when you thought, ah, I think we're going to go all the way here? At all in Puerto no, never.
1: Never. 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 Not in 47? No, we didn't Just even... Thought. Even yeah. in 47, see we had Curry, me, Paul uh, Polvacay... We had all of these young kids hmm. that are very wise. I say, in 47, I think I played 10 games. But I, I might have played, I don't know, I might have played 15 games in two years. You know, and Poland was the same. did. We just, we just wanted to explain. The planning hadn't been done, it was a lack of planning because they didn't have younger players coming to, to take the place of uh, say, Harris's and Titus's. And they just hadn't done their apprenticeship in seconds, which was the whole, that's all capable okay, of doing your apprenticeship. And all of a sudden they're throwing kids in there at 18 and 19, and that uh, kind uh,
0: So how many um, games did you play in the seconds? Oh, I had to say, uh, 151,
1: I think I played 126 consecutive games. So I didn't play much. But from 51 on, I, really didn't play in the second. Season. See, I never <laughs> ever sat on Dying Man or Twentieth Man. I was either like, in the first, I and did the, the second, the so there was no in-between. But I just don't, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I- uh, Look,
0: what were the reserves like? Obviously, battles, pretty in, inexperienced in battles. Yeah, and let's see,
1: Tommy Haifey was there, Kenny Ward was there. Uh, yeah, we were sort of battling both sides.
0: Did you, uh, did you play in the wrong era?
1: Well, I, I suppose experience-wise. Really. Yeah. You know, I think the Seconds, I think the seconds played in uh, round five, when it was, it was 47, mm. I think they played, they played in North Melbourne. Mm. And from memory, Sel Murray, who'd been at Richmond, went back to mm. North Melbourne, and they kicked the beach in the Seconds. Kicked the beach office. The yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the most uh, amazing performance you've
1: seen on the footy field? In what respect, Brett? Like, uh, it might have been a goal-kicking performance or just a... <laughs> I think Coleman. I saw Coleman's first league game. You saw his and first league game? I think he kicked 11 or 10 or 11 or oh, something yeah. like that. That was just the for right for boy. See, we had him solid, you know, and very uh, big and all that had great work.
0: Well, no. How old were you when you saw, when you were watching Coleman?
1: Well, his first year, whatever, right. whatever year his first few was, I don't know what his first year was, John.
0: And were you just, oh, <laughs> blown away? It
1: was bloody
0: sensational. Was there a builder to this game? Was there a, oh, you know, John no, Coleman's... He just,
1: his... he just came out and he would jump over there from standing starts and he led like bloody Gazelle. No. He was grounded, he was just sensational, you know, like for a fella that's come straight into league like football. Gee, he just blew me away. I, Christ, I'm glad I'm not going to have to mind him. I tell you, this is a gospel true story. We are playing Addison, and Moxie was full back. Colman was there. The guy said to me, every time that, see, there was Tate, Hutchison, McEwen, Red Lodge East State, fellas that had hit your lace in, lace out, and beautiful passes, you know, Snell would set her up for Anyway, um... No, she was late, I think. Yeah, I said to me, he's right, the moment they can come towards you and see Coleman lead. I want you to go from the back pocket and run straight in front of him to, to stop the run of him. Mm. And Mopsy be coming in over the back of him. Mm. Which is like, a great plan, you know. that that's the fact bloody Coleman from standing starts to go up like that, lean let over me. Yes. So this went on about twice or three times. I said, stop this, I'm not making I'm not going to run out in front of him any more Because he just made a bloody champion. Foolish. Yeah. And he could he could be standing. Like, I'd, I'd sort of get in front and pop back on him, because he'd have to go back on his heels. Standing starts, and he'd just get up over you like that and say, thanks for much.
0: Right. The best player you played against? Uh,
1: best player i played against, I would think, um... Or maybe there's a few? Oh, right, there's a few. Dennis Court, I thought, was sensational. Right. Just a great player, there's and they never did very well against him at all. But there was a fellow so, in West Australia called Jack Clark. Yes. And uh, he was, oh, Jesus, a great brother, a great brother. And I remember one year, a uh, main captain of this, uh, the West Australia States And he said, no, I'm sorry. He said, I can't, I won't be playing. And I said, what are you doing? And they, he said, "He have a huge property. He said, well, I, he said, I've got to get the crop in. He said, I haven't got it in. The running was Australian Football League paid to get the crop put in so he could get kept in. Now, that's how a very really good player he was. He was, was making it, but he could jump. He was, he was, a, oh, he was like a string, but yeah. he didn't bite He was a great player.
0: Now, for Richmond, players around about your era. Oh, Morris. Right. Couldn't get past Morris. What made Morris good?
1: He was six foot and he ran all airy fairy. But his judgment, he used to get up in the air and he'd get his hand, he'd throw the bloody ball, he'd get his hand on the ball and it'd be Virgil or Wilson or whatever and he'd say, oh, that one's yours. And, and he would throw the bloody ball, there's no doubt about it. And he had this ability, Morris, he'd get up in the air and he'd sort of hang and hover and he'd get the ball in his hand and he definitely threw it. Because he he'd get that hook up in the middle like that, and he looked around and he'd see Bird, Hugh, and Wilson. So, there, yeah, Hugh, and Wilson. He was just oh, a bloody mouse. And he ran like he was over two left legs, and all the rest of it, but bye. He was sensational. He was just a brilliant player. He's the best player I saw in the region. And, um, best player I ever saw was Liam Stewart. Barman. Best player ever. In any club? Any player ever. Mm. Doug Harris and I did this television this and we were doing some children and I can't think of who, who the other side was. Can't be even, I was talking to Doug talk about this yesterday. I don't know if it, and who the bloody coach was at, uh, this is going back, I'm sorry, like British shows, maybe in the 60s or so. Mm. And, and every time they pulled back a bloody kick out, he'd kick it to bloody Stewart. And Doug and I were saying, Bloody hell, poor bloody Stuart, you know. So, when we went after the game, I can't think of who was the coach. And Doug's a beautiful man, who Dad McKiss, he's got this sort of incisive bloody mind, you And he said, look, he said to the coach, you know, you've got this and this and this. And he said, but every time he said the bloody fullback cooks out, he said he kicks the Stuart. Why? He said, he's the best mark I've got on the side. That is his gospel truth, That not tell me that's the truth thing. And he could, he could have Mark Rutman, he would run backwards into packs, mm. he would hit you lace in, lace out, and he was, oh he's bloody. Good. I just, he fascinated me, just brilliant. Player. The best and most talented big man I have ever seen in my life is Len Thompson. Had Tom I remained at Collingwood said, when he had the blue with, uh, with Taddy and that over the money, and Collingwood, he would have won him. Any doubt in York, my mind. he's a man six, foot six or whatever he was, he would give a rover 2-3 yard start and he would pick him up and pass him, he was just bloody brilliant, it was Len Thompson wasn't it, he didn't right. have some pace, yeah, he's, very quick, man? He's, he's the most talented big man I've ever seen, he was brilliant, I mean, uh, I'm sure had he not left, I just said the red. had he not left Collier and went Taddy over to Blue he'd have won another medal, I'm sure of that. Uh, what, what were the grounds like back then? Bloody corn waters, Merry Creek rock stinker <laughs> it's sort it's like of. We used to say we kicked to the pump road wing, that's where the tide flows. That's eagle, that's bloody bullshit. I used to always say, kick to the pump road wing, that's where the tide flows. The tide flow. Just roaring, really, bloody incredible. Fitzroy, mm. oh, bloody stinker, Merry Creek. Oh, just the sort of, and the pond was unbelievable. Right? And it was a Black Louis, yuck, you know, all that stuff. Now the grounds were never anywhere. Geelong? Geelong ground? The old Geelong ground
0: uh, was what's the big ground? The The old ground. Well, you used to what, catch the trains as well Yeah, 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 catch the trains. be a big day. Oh yeah, yeah, get a bus out. And then we we went on
1: particularly well actually with Geelong because (laughs) their trainers, their trainers, they come up there and our trains were put on pies and sandwiches and all that sort of place. We go to Geelong, they do that there. Mm -hmm. We would stay in Geelong overnight. night, we'd go out to um, Clifton Springs, we would play the John boys golf, nine <laughs> holes of a Sunday morning after we go, and we would go out and we would play golf with the with John boys, for nine holes, then we go back in the train, and come back there. We had a fantastic rapport.
0: That happened with any other of the uh, opponents, no? Why, so what was the rapport, was it, was it because that you were travelling? But I don't know what
1: it is but I saw that but for yes. some reason, mm.
0: we as players and, and
1: training staff, as training staff, just got on sensational. Mm. Yeah, know, um, they had uh, Wooler and they had um, uh, Buddy Ruckland, they had down there, Hooker and Trapples Flanagan. Right. And of course, Fraser and Morrison, they and just used to love Flanagan and they used to love Hooker uh, and So there was a sort and, of a. Uh, a, a, an admiration between playing on those sort of players and that's I think that's what good was the Frasers and the Morrises who had their mates and they thought the world of their opponents and that's sort of had a great old time they just say oh no i know, a game of golf next morning. said that must oh,
0: how incredible really. How tough was it for a big man like yourself to play on those grounds back then?
1: Oh. no harder than anyone else because they, they were sort of qualifiers to the right they weren't sort of, they weren't, you know, in the wet weather they were just bloody box to be honest right, they were bogs, but you know yeah. unless it was a real downpour and that they were just yeah. you know, normal sort of, well, I suppose you look now and you see, you've got the MCGs and you've got those swishing areas now but uh Collingwood Hawthorne was just a narrow-going bloody mud of course, went, uh, nothing on the innings. Uh, Collingwood, Fitzroy, all of those grounds were very, very average. St, St. Kilda and South Melbourne, the two best grounds, were the top was one was sand. It was just bloody sensational. Well, there was no mud, no quad boys, which is beautiful. One of those grounds. MCG was always uh, around the Wicked pitch area was always... Be, but the rest could be beautiful really uh but oh no i just think that you had to adapt to conditions and that, that was the difference because <laughs> the pace wasn't you know this just sort of run in lines they go bang 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 in those days the water fell on the ground and the big pats on the bloody milk you know, it's a bit like uh, uh what's the beach ball like uh, you know went down and had warm everyone. you know over the top it was all muddy and you know? that but uh, nowadays the whole day systems change, right. training methods and they're just um, so bloody clever, Take both forward. sides of their, their body. Right? Right. I mean yeah. looking at them nowadays you wouldn't know it's a natural left or a natural right foot key. Their fitness is just incredible. Uh, and this is specialised training, specialised work, but when you look at their ability with either foot or either hand, it's just bloody incredible. Incredible. What was um what was the best part of your game? Kicking, I think. Yeah. I had a pace for big man, which was lucky, and uh, I could get up in the air with six, 7 seven four I could still sort of, still sort of get up and take a good mark. So I think the kicking I think was big strength and the ability to be able to palm a ball out too it, you know, and I could do all hand, so that's where a lot of people got confused. So Nicholas yeah. was that.
0: See, Nicholas is
1: basically a left hand knicker. And these other handies get a bang, but it was a left hand hooker.
0: And people never wake up to it. You know. So, what was the training, what, what did your training consist of, being a ruckman?
1: Uh, a couple of throwings, about you know, four or five throwings oh, in that. a thirsty night or something like that. You know, me and Cookie and have a battle of metal crows, because I signed a crow yep. for the club. But yep. Yeah, you know, we'd have a couple
0: of showers, yeah, it's ride over yeah, we know where we're going, and the rover will, be, you get over there, and you get over there. And Let's go over to the Royal a, for a drink. It was <laughs> very solid, didn't it too. It, solid, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it beautiful. I oh, want well, you say we're
1: going for a drink, good, I love it. Yeah, 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 bloody beautiful. Just a few more questions. Yeah. Where'd you get the nickname Gentle Giant? Do you know how Marie that all came from? Marie Rich. Marie started that. Huh? He said, something came up and something, and he said, Richmond's Gentle Giant. Yeah. So you were called the Gentle Giant, did you yep. think, did you think that was a nice nickname for him? Well, that sort of didn't, not a nickname, yeah. you know, It just didn't, I sort the Gentle Giant, and oh, yeah, so no, like was another sort of Gentle Giant, Jeff League, and right. you know, you go through, but it was, obviously, see, so they've got played 16 stone four and I didn't crash through Charles and knock him out of the ground, but that's sort of jazz, they just said, oh, you know, he's a Gentle Giant, I think that's how mm. Louis came up with it. Now,
0: why was that? Why? Because you're playing with Dyer who was, yeah. you know, who was, <laughs> was vicious or... That's the big problem
1: that. we had, of course. That's why Jack uh, was so that cross with me because I was 16 stone four and I've not knock on around. I used to say to Jack, I can't play your table, you can't play mine. If I can't beat him with a building, I don't want to beat him. Yeah. I said, because I'm 16 stone four and I run through someone thirty stone and knock him out of the game, Is that prove him a building? Well, definitely me. And the challenge to me was to beat them with a Billy. And I mean, you get beaten this week by a fella, but if you didn't learn mm. why he beats you, you shouldn't mm. been playing football. Mm. So Alan Gale and I had a book. He kept his book and I kept my book. We'd meet mm. once a week. And i say, I played against Gilly. I sat in there. Gilly comes in from a way, he lets you get in front of him, but he's such a big man. And he'd come in from mm. your side, and he was his left hand, he'd never palmed until he'd bang, with his fist. So I said, you know, you've got to get on that, on his left hand side. And as you go up, you've got to put your arm up to block him, to block his arm coming up. And then you can use your own left arm. So we used to work out those little theories and players, Because we, we always say to bloody nickels, you know, I said, he's a left hander don't ever fall for this right hand cover because he go left and he go back which if he labelled any tons of that don't go and he just went up there and went wacko and that was his favor hmm. so you've got to watch out and see how a moray not a big fella huge spring always had a sit on you so once you fell in you moved away from
0: me. right so
1: you have to slip off
0: so you learn all these things about all the different weapons <laughs> you're against
1: and we should put them in a book I should put them in a book, you know. I should put down your tennis court, and I should put down every one of them. Have you still got the book? No, I haven't, unfortunately. <laughs> and and Butch had the same. We, and we used to meet once a week. Yeah. We'd sit down and we'd yeah. go through the fella that they played on last week, because we already had a lot of them. Mm. But sometimes they come up with a new move on you. Right. And unless you've pl- fella played me beforehand, it can all of a sudden it's a very big surprise on you because you, you, you're playing on your old theories and your old whatever he's done. And all of a sudden he does something different. He says, hey, shit system, I'm in trouble, because it's become set on your mind on your approaches. So he and I had this little system where we I had hey, a little book. Once a week, it's a. Oh, it is. Uh, what's his name now? He's starting to leap off his right foot. He used to go off his left foot. He go off his right foot. So he's let Dan come into motion. If he's off, he's let 43 right of Dan come into motion. So we had to sort of set him, anyway, mind, you know. And I i actually do a huge amount of stuff on him, I'll tell you before I play. He
0: laughed at me, but I oh, am
1: that, that serious. serious. Yeah.
0: Here's an interesting question. What was the best way to ruck against Roy Wright? To take a posse of me.
1: But I wouldn't let him. Because so I was too big, too right. strong. But if they got in front, see, I, you can stand up and I'd stand behind you. Right. and if you're the front posse I'm yes. I can't get the Royal I Fringe on you. And that's, one of, that's the thing that I always have said right? front posse is a right? And your, Johnny Shelf, when we talking the other day, he played his league game And uh, he often tells the story. And he said, he'd come back and he'd come out to the restaurant and he said, he was saying to me, but John, you're leaning and take front position off you. have got to battle with the front position. Apparently I've done a lot of service to him right through the game, telling him, it's only a baby coming to the game. And I was sort of saying, I'm going out the game. And I, because he had tremendous ability to enjoy. I was saying, hey, but you've got to work with Bob and give ear and do this and do that. Mm. So he often tells people, but that was the whole key to it. You've got front posse. Mm.
0: Can we just talk quickly about 1951 mm-hmm. when Dyer. Obviously, he didn't like your style of play. No, didn't. You right. didn't like his?
1: No, no, we didn't, we didn't sort of agree. Right. We did not agree at all on uh, the way we played football. You know, Jack had his theory and... Right. Uh, I just don't... To me, you're not chumming out right. of the game because you're bigger and stronger. Just didn't sort of uh, rub with me. I mean, if you couldn't be with all the ability, why try and make me out of it? They're just too good you are going to learn from them and try and beat them next time.
0: Did you ever get reported in your career? Never. Yeah. Never. No.
1: And Jack and I just sort of, uh, we never saw either why on that sort of area. And as I say, at the end of 51, I won the best and fair tied with Desi Road for best mm-hmm. and fair 51. And at the end of 51, uh, Jack had me off the list. He was going to swap me for Harvey Stevens, I think it was either Collingwood or was going to go to Footscray. Because he was a big, tough, strong sort of player. Jack thought, well, he would rather have him than me. So, uh, Morrie Fleming, who was secretary and was a very wonderful man to me, Maury. He, he had faith in me where a lot of others didn't. And he said to Jack, he said uh, he would clear me to the club of my choice and would resign immediately. And that was the only reason I stayed at Richmond. Of course, next year I won the medal and four best and fairest and two medals and whatevers and represent Australia Victoria 18 times or something. And So Jack, you know, Jack made a big, big mistake, I think.
0: How did it feel that in 51, at the end of 51, you've been told that you're gonna be off the list? And in 52, you've won the Broadway. I was I was staggered
1: in 51, though I knew the reason, because Jack didn't like right. my side of play. Right.
0: But I was bitterly
1: disappointed, because having tied for the best and fairest at the club, uh, you're judged by the older players, and it was the Charlie Presley's and the Jack Titus's, and they were all the players out of Jack's era, yes. and they were those who were voting for the best and fairest in the club. So I must have appealed to some of the older players Yes. The way I played the game. Right. But that didn't satisfy right. Jack, of course. Right. So he, uh, he just felt that I should be knocking fellas around. Well, that just doesn't
0: happen. Is it ironic to think that when you first started, to th- you'd be playing with Jack, you know, right. always hearing about Jack oh. Byer playing, and, it and, it it's, and it's come to this in 1951
1: where... Well, he was an inspirational uh, player,
0: but,
1: as I say, I didn't agree, agree with the way he played. You know, but he certainly was a, a tough inspirational, he, he sort of lifted a lot of players and all that sort of jazz, but it just didn't sort of gel yeah. with me. I? I just didn't sort of yeah. accept that team, yeah, you know, yeah. you'd beat your partner. But that's just different people. Sure. Not yeah. everyone yeah. uh, uh, Look, <clears throat> there's a lot of ways of, I think, defining courage. And, uh, the fact that you don't knock fellas over teal smash their bones and that doesn't mean that you're afraid to have a contest because i thought for what 15 years ago all the big tough fellas in the game i played against them and they didn't didn't put me down so it's a courage of your own conviction as to what you want to do that's a part of the courage and being able to play against those sort of tactics and they were used against me a hell of a lot the roughhouse tactics Then they made me more determined to beat so that, to me, is another description of cabbage. You know, cabbage that your are still play, you know. You take all the bits in the bands and still beat them. So that's a different type of cabbage, to me, at Did
0: you have a motto <clears throat> <in> you, <throat> you, in your, when you were playing football? Not really, right. no. No, I,
1: you yeah. know, I just sort of... Uh, I love football. football. I loved football. And it was a competitive. obviously being able to match your strength and your skills against opponents, mm. you know. Mm. And that to me was the beautiful part of football, that, uh, you had the opportunity to express your own ability and your own way, strength, strengths and your skills, it's a bit sort of competitiveness I think. But, and I like, say, having been sort of wheelchair-bound for years as a kid and then without a problem and that and even in those days because i think oh, i lost you we'll be, we'll be around at this big interview chair and I, say to Colin, I said one day i'm going to do what they do. we i was not going to try and do it any better but i just wanted to prove that i could do it i think that was the motivating factor that went right through my whole career that i still had to prove that i was as good as the next one on the footy field
0: but i think that's what sort of shaped my career did you meet people in your career, young young kids who have a tr- had a childhood like yourself? Did, no, I did had you, you, had no, you, no. You, I, I used to go back where to you could pass on. To no, them. I
1: used to go back to the children's hospital a bit. That right. was in the old car, But, but now the, the one, most matter, matter of fact, uh, I want me to go into the children's hospital and do a tour in there, with the kids. So I'm coming down again in about two months, so I promise I won't go in there because. They know my sort of association yes. with the hospital, and that's the old one in Calhoun. Mm-hmm. But uh, they just think that that might be an inspirational thing for some of the kids in the hospital to say, look, this man did this and did that.
0: Certainly think it will. So I
1: think, to me, I love that because uh, if you can sort of help uh, kids to sort of achieve, you've got to be mentally happy. You've got to achieve in your mind you're not going to achieve anything else.
0: Did you have any ambitions to coach?
1: What's she saying? No, so? really, mate, no, I didn't. That's fine i didn't really i there was a chance you know, when uh, tommy Ryan approached me actually when tommy was getting to take job you know he said are you interested in the coaching well, i was on channel two at that stage and i said well no not really i'm more interested in the tv side but he, he came and asked me if he was he interested in the coaching but at that stage i wasn't right Did you No, not no really. i didn't have a proof <laughs> You need one well, <laughs> Special colours. No, no, I'm bitterly serious. You're a foolproof, yes. Yeah, that's right, mate. Uh, and I'm like a bloody elephant. But anyway.
0: When did you feel that your career was uh, coming to an end?
1: I didn't mean the North Cape of 59. That's when I knew I was gone. But before then, you were fine? No? Oh, fish and mally,
0: yeah. So, yeah. We had, actually,
1: uh, the idea of being was that that year was going to be the last year, as sounds like nearly four quarters in the Iraq. And I was as fit as face of my so I was always fit. And that was to be my last year as a sort of a full-time ruckman for four quarters. And I was gonna sit there in a forward pocket and had Rogue Crowley, and we had Swamp Fox and you know, we had some very, very good kids coming up. And I was gonna sit in the forward pocket and every now and then I would just go on for a burst on the whole come back and sit in the forward pocket and that was just the I'd either be the decoy or the full forward was going to move mm-hmm. out and I was going to move in at the back and that was all sort of planned for the next year, mm-hmm. but unfortunately it went to In and those days you'd get a car and you'd load of so that was it. So what uh, was your
0: last game of football?
1: 59 in South Melbourne, yeah, yeah. and actually a uh, little uh, Brian McGowan, a little over, and I remember, I can tell you the blade of Glass now on the Richmond stand side, the pick of stand, down to Orange Avenue. I was down, I was bouncing the ball, there was no one between me and the guy on the mountain knew. It was clear of I was, as as was about mm. 40 yards out and I said, I've got to make a bloody certainty of this. And I kept running and bouncing the ball, at the top of the line, I saw McGowan come in. I thought, oh shit, I can't hit him. I'm mm. propped like that, to, to bike, and he's going straight up his bloody leg. And, so you knew, you knew straight away that was the end? i have to finish, yeah. In those days, any I tried to come thing? back, oh yeah, I tried to come back Right there, used the American knee brace right. in those days, which
0: was... Tried the... everything.
1: Oh yeah, the great big thing up there and the thing down there and that, there, yeah. and two sort of joints on the side of a medley. What's been the highest accolade you've received? Ooh! I don't know, I do 1956, huge. The medals, of course, are huge, and the latest one, this Australian sports medal, which is, you know, just sensational. And then again, of course, Hall I mean, uh, uh, of Fives. You know, the century Richmond. Then <laughs> they're all just sensational things. You, you know, that they're, uh, they're all just beautiful. Right. So, what did football mean to you? employment to me that uh, it gave me a sense of uh, purpose in life it taught me to respect authority it taught me to be part of a team instead of an individual um, it's, it gave me self-assurance i was never a confident person but it gave me the self-assurance i think that i sort of. Uh, attributes or things that came out of it for me because it was sort of each leading to the other. You know, to be part of a team, except authority, authority all that sort of thing, you know, just, Encompassed it all. Yeah, well to me that's that's what it's all about. It's a healthy, uh, healthy style. Mm. You know, see I think healthy school, healthy body, healthy mind. Mm. He can say, you can buy friendships, you earn friendships, you can buy things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're a good patient fellow, you accept it. If you're not, well, you don't accept And mm-hmm. I think that to accept it is a big plus in your life. Okay. I like
0: philosophical. So there it is, the interview with Roy Wright in 2001. He was such a lovely gentleman. He really was a gentle giant in person as well. A reminder, if you are following this podcast through iTunes, please make sure you give it a rating. Just give it one of those star ratings. Maybe give it five if you can. That'll be great. Um, And also leave a comment as well through iTunes about how much you're enjoying it. Um, Alternatively, you can also check it out on SoundCloud slash raw podcast. That's R-O-A-R podcast. Thanks for your time. I'm Rhett Bartlett. Good thanks.